right, welcome guys. Welcome to Better Globally, where we explore art of being better. Today we have a different episode. We have my friend, brother Hunter. Yeah, and honestly, we're just gonna talk some shit, talk some stuff that is on our minds. So Hunter, you study psychology, right? I do, yeah. Why do you study psychology? Because I feel like a lot of people go to study psychology, but they don't really want to do anything about it. They go to study psychology because they don't have any better idea. And oh, I'm going to be a psychologist. But I see that you are actually more passionate about it. Yeah. So when I was eight years old, I would say, I always loved watching detective shows. And I was always a really big history nut. Like I loved history. Um... So as I got older, I mean, history is a good sign that you're interested in human nature. If you, if you are a big fan of history, you're definitely going to be more into the human nature side. And then I went to college and I started to study poli sci. I like politics a lot in high school, um, but the political world's a bit crazy. And I don't, know if, <laughs> I don't know if it was the way that I wanted to try and solve the world's problems, I guess. And I, the more that I got into politics, the more that I realized the best way that you can help the world is at an individual level. So if you, uh, you want to change the world, I guess, or make the world a better place, one person at a time seems to be the best way to do it. You want to change the world? Hopefully. I would like to make <laughs> it a better place. A little more heaven, a little less hell. Yeah, so then I found politics in college, or I found psychology in college, and I just instantly fell in love with it. And that's what I do in my spare time. I watch videos of professors teaching about psychology from Harvard and all of that sort of stuff. I write about it. It's just, I don't know, it's really interesting to me. Yeah, I think psychology is so important because like, it just explains the way world works, kind of, because... We're all humans, and if you kind of learn where those behaviors come from, it just gives you a way better understanding. Yeah. I sent you this podcast with Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan, and he was saying that he makes kind of like a conference with leaders from all around the world that basically they're meeting just to figure out a way to, the best way to like rule the world and just solve all the problems. Maybe you should be a part of it. Yeah, so the reason that I, honest, the reason that I steered away from politics is it because it looks as people, it looks at people in group orientations. So it's a lot of tribalism, this group, this group versus fighting over these in groups, out groups, where say you're on the left or on the right, you think that the other side is completely wrong because they're on the other side. Yeah. The likelihood that that's true is very low. Bro, I mean, politics are so dumb for me because people are more emotional about it and like they take it personally rather than take it like rationally. It's not like the other side wants completely bad thing. Like if you think about, okay, I, I agree with them on some points, sure. but like my point of view kind of relates more to the other side but a lot of people let's say okay okay let's get into fucking politics a little <laughs> bit because uh, i had a pleasure to talk with one of my mentors i would say uh, many alfonso i think i told you about him he was into politics but here in miami and he was like a right-hand man of miami's mayor yeah maurice ferrer even in the recent elections for example People necessarily were not voting for Biden, let's say. They were just voting against Trump because they personally didn't like him. But the truth is, we had more money in our wallets, the gas was cheaper. And I mean, I personally think too that Trump was just a better leader and you may not like him, you may not like his demeanor, his behavior, but you cannot deny that he was getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can look at the politics in two ways. You have an economic drive, which is generally where the more conservative side lives, and then the social yeah. drive, which is where the more liberal side lives. And you could say Trump was really good as as a conservative in the economic front, even though I don't think he fits this stereotypical conservative at all, especially along personality type. Yeah. 
So conservatives tend to be more dutiful and conscientious, and then liberals tend to be more open to experience. So liberals are the ones pushing the change, right? Yeah. And conservatives are saying, oh, hey, you might not want to do that because you might fuck everything up. So a liberal might go, oh, hey, like this is the proposed solution to this economic problem. And the conservative will be like, oh, hey, if you do this, this and this, it's going to fuck everything up. So then they kind of balance each other out because the liberals are trying to make change for systems that need to be changed. And the conservatives are saying, hey, don't change too much because things work. So it's it's like it's a perfect balance in that way. But Trump did not fit the stereotypic conservative at all because he's a more liberal person. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100 percent. Which is those are all liberal liberal personality traits with those solutions to many problems i feel like there's always going to be trade-offs it's not if you do this there won't be any consequences that are worse but it's just like what's better you know it's kind of like opportunity cost yeah because it's never going to be perfect because if you do this the other thing may suffer or something may fall down but if this thing makes it better it's worth sacrificing the other thing yeah 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 for sure risk reward payoff if it's if what you're doing is worth it or not yeah 100 like if the benefit outweighs the disadvantage then i guess it's worth it it's always going to be a trade-off it's never black and white mm -hmm. yeah so i can tell you where i fall more conservative and more liberal so i guess politically i consider myself a classical liberal but that's now more conservative so i believe that i'm more l socially liberal yeah but i believe that the world is to be fixed at the level of the individual which is a completely conservative viewpoint yeah makes sense but when you talk about affiliations and stuff like that he also said that he's a republican but he was working with a democrat his whole life yeah that's what that's how it should be so, so like you know i think the affiliations don't matter that much yeah 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 as long as you believe in what they're doing is right this this guy brett weinstein did a do you know who he is i think i've heard he something he did this thing called fix the election 2020 and it was when trump and hillary clinton were or 2016 is when trump and hillary clinton were running against each other and he came out with an entire new way to cast voting and so he sent out a bunch of ballots and the responses that he got back from the ballots were tulsi gabbard and dan crenshaw and i don't is know that, if you know who either of them no, are not uh, at all dan crenshaw is a senator in texas and tulsi gabbard's i want to say hawaii but the thing is is they work together all the time so he sent out Those a ballot senators yeah so the way that it worked is that you have the vice president and the president one's a democrat one's a republican and you flip the coin to see who gets presidency and that was the system that he came back and the system got back tulsi gabbard and dan crenshaw who are best friends and work on opposite sides of the aisle and i thought that, that was such a yeah wasn't that a cool way to do that yeah just flipping a coin for who gets the president yeah I mean, honestly, uh, I feel like some people don't even really know what the candidates want to do. So they it's kind of like flipping a coin. Yeah, it is kind of like flipping a coin. But politics are fucking insane, to be honest. It's all made to like divide people. Because if you think about it, we've never been so, as a society, so bipolar. I think there's uh, this movie on Netflix, Social Dilemma. I don't remember if it was yeah. this one that was explaining yeah. it. But basically, if you're on one side, you consume content that is only about this side so you see more of this content because that's just how the algorithm works yeah so we just are so divided that's why all the elections are so close it's like 51 percent, 49 and poland was the same thing any election i feel like before it used to be like i don't know 70 60 percent yeah. for one so you can tell like okay this guy clearly won and uh yeah because the algorithms are designed to keep you on it so if you want, if you have a political bias in one way, one way you're just going to be watching political biases that keep you on the algorithm, keep you agreeing with it. Yeah. Which is something to be cognizant of, for sure. I mean, they just want to show you content that you, you like. 
algorithms are based on the watch time. So if you watch it more, that means you're more interested. The likes, shares, whatever, it's less important. The watch time is most important. Yeah. That's what works on like on TikTok. The the videos that are actually pushes are not the most liked, are the most watched. Like if you watch the whole thing, that's when they like push it more. Was that guy Manny, was he, did he feel like a political person? Like, did it feel like he was saying things? Like he's trying to win you over in any way? No, not at all. See, that, that, that's what I always am weary of. There's some people in politics who you're like, okay, this guy's just speaking his mind. Or this girl is just speaking her mind. Like she doesn't really care. And then there's some people in politics who are like, okay, they're clearly saying something to get a certain amount of people to just contribute to their votes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, so this is like another thing that I want to talk to you about because we've been having this conversation over Twitter to like rationally come to an agreement and just think about the conversation because some people are not going to change their mind because I feel like they're just too proud to admit, okay, what this person said kind of makes sense, but I'm not going to say it because I'm too proud. So I'm going to say, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think Lex Friedman posted on it, on Instagram something like, I appreciate people that are able to change their mind once they are presented facts that are true. Yeah. You know? And I feel like some people are just don't accept that even though like wait okay it makes sense but i disagree just because i'm too proud yeah i mean it's a psychological reason or the way that i would think about it is a person has attached their beliefs to their identity so if you go after their beliefs you're going after them as a person yeah their political beliefs so that's like that's why people get really emotional and it's like you're talking about politics and then for some reason the person starts screaming and crying <laughs> and like wait a minute bro. like i didn't ask for any of that yeah, it gets I, a little too intense yeah um that's where you get all the, the compilation of roast videos and all that sort of stuff that are on the internet. But yeah, it's kind of just like their identity becomes their politics because they haven't thought through who they are. Politics kind of grabbed them and they were like, all right. And that was one of the things that I started to get weary of in college when I was getting into politics. I was like, OK, feels like I'm becoming too political. I want to take a step back and just focus on helping the person in front of me or looking at it that way. Do you feel like we are being pushed an agenda on a lot of things in schools and in society as a general? For sure. For sure. Most definitely. I just feel like there's just so many things that media tries to push on us that it doesn't really make sense. It's not an issue. See, the thing is, is I don't think that it's really as intentional as people make it out to be. I think that uh, what media does is just try to keep people watching because I'll yeah. watch. You can watch hosts go from CNN to Fox and they do just as good a job on either one, which is kind of crazy to me. But they just keep people watching in either way that they're doing it. Unless you don't watch TV, so I, I don't know about that. I don't really watch much TV. Legacy media is dead. That's kind of true. I recently, um, at the place I work at, we had a meeting with representatives from the NBC mm-hmm. thing. And they were showing us some data. You know, like older people still watch TV. Well, our generation, like just a little older, they're like doing the mix. But like younger generations don't watch TV at all. No. No, not at all. If you ask a kid under 10 or whatever, what channel Fox is on, they're like, I don't even know what Fox is. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I watch yeah, yeah, YouTube, yeah. which yeah. makes so much more sense. It's crazy that people haven't started to realize that TV will be dead so soon. Within 20 years, I, I bet TV will be gone. I mean, I guess there will be just like some different form of it. I mean, I guess YouTube, but TV as a TV, I know what they're going to do. They have to like adjust. Yeah, the ads are fucking them. I mean, a lot, I think a lot of uh, like TV stations are coming up with their own streaming platforms just to kind of like, you know, compete. That's pretty smart though on their part. It is, but on the other hand, like, bro, there's just so many of those streaming platforms and I would say there are probably like three, four, five major ones and and how how they're going to attract people there if 
they're they don't have any good shows they don't have anything interesting yeah there's so many dumb shows and why would anyone watch that <laughs> what 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 shows are you watching right now i watch mostly youtube true but usually when i watch something it's like either netflix hulu oh the last of us i've heard that that's good you everyone's been it. recommending the last of us have you played the game no i did both parts the show is based on the first part of the game okay very good what's it very, about very good what's the last of us about basically you know there was just a regular world how we are mm-hmm. and suddenly the pandemic started it was uh, fun- fungi that cordyceps that just started spreading and basically what it did is people were turning kind of into zombies and you know it just suddenly all started i'm making it like in very yeah, yeah, yeah. very shortly okay um but yeah there was just you know some quarantine zones people that kind of survived but most of them didn't the whole the whole cities countries were bombarded so whoever is left they're just trying to survive true true and the main point is that there's this little girl ellie that the main character joel she basically got bit by one of those zombies let's say but she didn't turn into a zombie so she's uh, she's immune to that Okay. And the whole point of the show is to basically, you know, save the world. Mm-hmm. And she is the one that can save the world. They ju- he just needs to get her to like some laboratory where they can extract their blood or just do something and find a vaccine to kill everything. And I'm not going to spoil it, but you may know what's, what happens. Okay. Are they going to save the world? I could probably guess. We'll see. <laughs> find out. Watch Last of Us. No, but for watch it, it's a very good show. And it's like the quality is very good and the storytelling, it's very engaging. What do you think about shows in general, like uh, movies? Why do, you think so, why do you think so many people watch movies? Why do you think that billions of people have watched movies, like The Avengers or stuff like that? Isn't that a weird thing? Why do you think it's weird? Because you go sit down, you're paying $20 to watch a bunch of stuff that is not real at all. I mean, I have an idea. It's not necessarily my idea, but I... The way that I heard it described by Jordan Peterson was the best way that I've heard it described. I mean, I feel like as human beings, we just naturally kind of attracted to stories because mm-hmm. in some ways we can just relate to them. And I don't know, it's also like a form of spending your free time, I guess. So a lot of movies have some story behind them that, you know, just captivate. And in some areas, people may relate to the characters or to the circumstances. I don't know. And that's why they watch it. It just and the keep, good keep movies. them engaged, you know? Yeah, for sure. In the good movies, they, they definitely relate to the characters. Yeah, 100%. Like, what's your favorite movie ever? Do you have one? Or favorite story in general? No, I, I have three favorite movies. Okay. I think they're... I like them, all three of them, for different reasons. Okay. Number one is 12 Angry Men. Never, never heard of it? No, I've never heard of that. It's very good. It's bro, but it's from like 1950 something. It's very, very old, black and white. Okay, okay. Um, second one is Scarface. I feel like it's also like a very Miami classic, and it just shows like you know, rise of the power. Just very engaging, intriguing, I would say. And the third one, I would say, is Inception. Inception's just because crazy. of the mind fuck you get. But so but wild, now dude. but now I kind of like. I think I more or less understand what it's all about. That they're just like going to sleep in their dreams and they just get on different levels of consciousness. Yeah, they just go further into the dreams. Yeah. yeah. Like you're in a dream and in this dream you go to sleep. So you're like in another layer of the dream, even deeper. And like four levels down you're into person's subconsciousness. I mean, the way they were going into the, those people's subconsciousness, there's probably, you know, something f- like a fiction. Mm-hmm. But I think the concept is very interesting. Mm-hmm. What about Super. you? Oh, all-time movies. Um, Iron Man, the first Iron, Iron Man. Man. 
Huh? Iron Man or Iron, Iron Man? Man. Oh. Iron Man. First Iron Man. First <laughs> Iron Man. That's definitely number one. Number two. Interstellar. That's probably on everyone's list, but it's so fucking good. I never watched it. I, I've heard a lot so of things about good, it. Dude, it's such a good movie. The soundtrack for that movie is so good, too. I mean, listen, you don't have you don't need to have free like I do. Yeah, you <laughs> heard those ready. You thought through that. That was on yeah, the spot. I mean, I, I was thinking I will tell you later, but I was doing kind of like an exercise for myself that I was just every thing, my favorite thing, favorite book, favorite movie, favorite mm-hmm. color, whatever. I wrote all the shit down. So now I kind of like remember <laughs> you should try. This like, sounds like a good exercise. Um, And then Batman, The Dark Knight Rises. Interesting. Both two of them are superhero movies. Yeah. So why do you think people are interested in superhero movies? Yeah. Um, You're one of them, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> uh, the the best way that I've heard movies explained is it's not actually a bat. So the movie about Iron Man or the movie about Batman isn't actually about Batman. Isn't actually about Iron Man. It's about you. So the entire premise of the setting of the movie is a representation of your mind. Okay, no, honestly, I don't understand. Just explain more. Okay, so you'll identify with people in the movie, right? Yeah. Well, that means you're a part of the movie in some way. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I can relate to this person because he does this thing. Or I can relate to, you can relate to the villain because they do something, a good, a good villain you'll relate to because they do something that you have done. And maybe it's not murder a bunch of people, but maybe it's like, you know, be mischievous or misleading or, you know, be a little violent in areas. Mm -hmm. Or if you relate to the hero, it's because maybe you've been courageous. You'll relate to both of them. Which is really interesting because it's both, there's two parts of your mind, you know, it's the, it's the devil and the, and the angel on your shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you can think of movies as a layout of your mind. Interesting. So then you have the, there's, okay, there's common things in movies like, like in, uh, in Harry Potter, like Gandalf, right? Yeah. Like that's just basically God. It's the wise king. (laughs) He's basically God. If you think about it, he's the owner of the entire kingdom. That's what he does. Yeah. He's the wise king. Everyone has a wise king within them. You know, you know when you shouldn't do something. It's a Tuesday night. A bunch of your friends are going out to get drunk and you have that little voice that pops into your back of the, in the back of your head that says, man, maybe you shouldn't go get drunk. Well, that's that's the Gandalf in the back of your mind right there. Yeah, yeah. Or it's maybe it's like maybe you're going to go. You want to go ask a girl on a date. That voice pops in the back of your head and it says, oh, go ask her out on a date. Like that's Gandalf. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, makes sense. And that's why people watch good movies will properly lay out every part of your mind and you'll be able to understand it. You won't you won't know what's happening. It's all completely unconscious, but that's what's going on. You think like the more characters or the more traits of the characters in the movie you can relate to, the more you like the movie? Mm-hmm. And you might not even know that that's happening. Yeah, I mean, it, probably it's mostly subconscious. Yeah, exactly. It is. I mean, it is mostly subconscious. And then if you look at the stories, the hero stories, they're all unbelievably similar. Hero runs into the villain, you know, loses. Like in the Batman movie, in The Dark Knight Rises, he goes to fight Bane. Bane kicks his ass, right? <laughs> yeah. Puts him down into a in a hole, which is like, say, for a representation of life, say... Um, I don't know, depression. Yeah, say you get depression or like someone you love gets into a car accident or something like that happens. You fall into a hole after that. Yeah. So you, And then you have to climb out of the hole. And once you get out of it, you're a stronger person. Which is exactly what happens to Batman. <laughs> he goes and gets his ass kicked by something that he didn't expect. That would be chaos. And then he figures out a way out of it. And that's the hero story. Wait, you said which which movie was that? Batman by which part? The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. 
I think I watched one of them or two of them. But yeah, um, all the superhero stories and like most of movies in general are kind of like, there's a hero, everything is fine, there's a problem, mm-hmm. he goes to solve it, then something dramatic happens, something bad. Something unexpected. Something unexpected, and then he sometimes, he somehow always comes out on top. Mm-hmm. That's the hero story. The happy ending. Well. Or sometimes, you know, you have someone who dies and that's someone who doesn't come out on top, like the hero's friend. Yeah. I mean, that. I think that's what usually happens, like, let's say right before the happy ending that, you know, let's say he was fighting the the boss, the villain, right before the ending of the movie. His uh, friend got killed, but he still, like, let's say he beat the villain. Mm-hmm. So it's happy ending, but with this little bitter taste, let's yeah. say. Yeah. And that's that could be represented as to you in your life as times that people who don't win when they confront chaos because you don't always win when you confront chaos. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. chaos yeah. wins. In fact, a decent amount of time it does. I mean, honestly, I think I would appreciate movies that are not predictable. I love it when they are predictable. Because I don't know if if I started to watch a movie and I already know what happens at the end. Like, Why would you continue watching? Yeah, my girlfriend loves those all like romantic movies and stuff. Yeah, but it's not for me. I'm like in the beginning, I'm telling her already. Okay, this is gonna happen. They're gonna break up. They're gonna get together again, and it's a happy happy ending. Yeah, I think like a not happy ending is also very interesting. Yeah, I don't remember honestly the movie, but I'm sure I watched something that happened. Just the ending wasn't. Wasn't happy? Yeah, it wasn't happy, Everyone but dies? it was very, you know... What's one where it was dies? captivating, for sure. <laughs> I got a terrible example. That's about death and their final destination. Final destination? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Never heard of final destination? The first thing that came to my mind when you said final destination is Final Fantasy, but that's that's far from that. It's a movie about everyone, like, they cheated death and then death comes to get them. It's a terrible movie. Honestly, god-awful horrible. But the ending, everyone but, well, It's horrible, why? Because it's just... It's so graphic and it's so cheesy. Maybe I have to check it out. It sounds interesting, I don't know. It's, it's pretty funny, honestly, but it's not supposed to be funny. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on... Not even my thoughts. Those are more of Jordan Peterson's things that I've learned from Jordan Peterson on on movies and kind of why they're important, which makes so much sense to me because it's like, why the hell would people spend it? I mean, the computer chips that are used to make movies and create CGI are driving the change for the improvement of computer chips. It's not the military. It's not anything. It's the quality of movies. Like, that's how much story matters. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, people honestly, like Mr. Beast too, or just, I mean, that he spent his whole life learning how to tell good stories and look at where it's got him. Hella good stories. It's one, but I think what he's doing different, I was listening to like many, many podcasts with him and like the, the issue that he could hire people that were working like old style media movies, but the YouTube is just so much different. Yeah, for sure. Just much more fast paced. You need to be fast. You need to keep their attention. Because that's just like how the algorithm works. There's yeah. no algorithm for movies, let's say. For YouTube, there is. Yeah. So he... he I mean, he there's never... like a general idea for how movies should go. You know, like... Yeah, but... Well, story, like story arc. But there's not like... Oh, sw- I mean, he does it down to switch camera here, you know. Yeah, no, no pee the, jokes. Exactly. Like that, that specific. No cussing, that sort of a thing. Which is pretty incredible that he noticed all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it all takes practice, you know, after doing it for so many years, you just find the nuances that, that like, <laughs> this makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah, but if he will, Mr. Beast is like on another level. Mr. Beast is on another level. <laughs> yeah, but he was saying that he just doesn't hire people that work in the media and like old media because they just they don't think the way that he needs them to think for YouTube because YouTube is just like completely different thing and like it totally makes sense. Mm. Yeah, he he hire he. I think he said he hires people based on their ability to uh, learn new things. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I think there's just also not that many channels and people and companies that, you know, do YouTube that professionally like as him. So he can really depend on people already knowing what they do. I mean, you can have the skill of, let's say, video editing, but you need to be taught how to do it specifically for that. Mm -hmm. How to add like memes and that sort of thing into his videos. Yeah. And yeah, I guess his first editors just like worked for a long time with him. So they know what they're doing. And then. He gets those people to train him the way they he wants them to work, because mm -hmm. he he cannot get like a pre-trained mm -hmm. person. If you were to hire someone, what qualities would you look for? What are the what would be the main qualities that you would want to hire someone based on? That's a good question. I don't know. Never really thought about it, but I guess I need to see that they're like actually working. It depends also for like the position, I would say. True, fair enough. Because for some positions, if it's like manual work that, you know, doesn't really require that much of cognitive function, like, you know, you can probably get anyone. As long as they get their job done, they can do it. And they do it fairly well. That's fine. But if I was to look for someone like a manager, I don't know, like one of those main positions, CEO, CEO, whatever, mm. then I also need to know that they're like qualified enough that they know what to do their job. They can improve it. And they also have like some, you need to give them a vision and they're going to build towards this vision. They can be the leaders, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it would take never really hired anyone so but i guess like i would definitely need to do like an interview with them just to see what the kind of person they are i think i can have a good handle on what kind of person they are but i just need to like talk to them for sure well that class that we took last semester two semesters ago industrial industrial organizational psychology yeah. did you do a ceo what did you do for your position I ceo because it's just like the easiest i did the ceo <laughs> too and i thought it was interesting or, or actually maybe I did like a oh no yeah, I, I think, think I did, did marketing an, director yeah you did a marketing director or an yeah. entrepreneur in some way I did a CEO and the traits that you look for are really interesting so like you want to have two people be your CEO basically you want two different types of people in your CEO you want basically the, to go back to the politics a liberal and a conservative yeah so you want someone who's going to be like you know who's orderly keeps things because people who are high in openness don't tend to be orderly at all my yeah, example yeah. so like I'm a creative type I'm not orderly at all. Like my computer, mess, absolute mess, shit everywhere, just flying left and right. But um, if you go on someone who's more conscientious, more, more dutiful, like their computer is going to be in good order or their rooms, my room's clean right now, but generally, <laughs> generally they're going to be very orderly. It I took mean, me, from time to time, you got to clean up, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It took me a while to get to the point where like all throughout high school and beginning of college my room was never clean this is the first year i've kept my room in pretty good order and it takes a lot of maintenance wow. what made you change your change your mind when it comes to cleaning your room oh it looks nice it's, yeah it's appealing to my eyes i enjoy it it just makes it like work that much peaceful you don't have to worry about it. it's just like if it's messy you cannot have a clear mind no no for sure and it's like you're gonna wake up and you're gonna spend like well, i probably spent two hours a day in my room doing homework do I really want to spend two hours a day for the next six months in a dirty ass room or would I rather have it be like neat orderly and peaceful how much better is that yeah, going to yeah, be for yeah. my mind if that compounds 
from time to time, I don't know, every week, every two weeks, you have to like probably do like a deeper cleaning. My mom, my, my mom always says that you just have to clean up after yourself right away. So if something is messy, just do it now. So it then, you know, it doesn't stuck up. It's just one thing, two things, you clean it up, it's done. Instead of you let 10 things stuck and then you have to clean it up and it takes more time. And yeah, that's Jordan Peterson saying conflict delayed is conflict multiplied, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, that's very true. I mean, honestly, I feel like with many people, I probably have been there too, that procrastination. So, you know, just to just to not do the work, I would, oh, wait, I'm going to go clean up the room. Because if you work and you kind of know in the back of your mind that like something is dirty or you need to do something, like you can't fully focus on the work. So just to procrastinate, sometimes I would just go clean it up and then I'll f- I would feel like, oh, I did something productive because I cleaned it up. But like the, the fact is that it got me off the work that actually matters. Mm-hmm. But it makes me feel accomplished because I did something still kind of productive. No, no, for sure. So they did they did studies on elementary schoolers, essentially, who had homework. And if they go to play and they haven't done their homework, they were worse playmates than if they had done their homework. So say you're going yeah, to hang yeah. out. Say you're going to hang out with friends, and you still have homework to do. You're going to you're just not fully present. I e- guess exactly, exactly. And if you aren't fully present, like it's it's yeah, it's everything's just you're not going to be as good as what you're doing, which is interesting. I was watching a video or heard something. There were studies that basically with focus and doing work, if you have to switch between tasks, that's what takes the most of your focus. If you can just focus on singular tasks, that's when you get the best results, the best output. But if you, in the meantime, have to switch to this, do this, do that, then like your product productivity just decreases overall just because it just takes so much mind power just to switch between those tasks and start focusing on them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. Just switch, keep switching tasks. It's better to do one than the other than the other. Yeah, there's this thing called a, it's, it's basically an attention percentage mark. So when you start to do a task, you are, you have 100% attention percentage mark. So you're yeah. fully involved in it, right? And then you switch to go do another task. Well, the attention that you had, and so like you go to look at your phone, that's the, probably the most common one. Yeah. You have just knocked down your attention percentage on the first task that you were doing down to like 90%, say, because now your attention has your brain split. Basically, your brain said, oh, we're doing this until we finish it. And then you go to pick up your phone and your brain was like, "Uh, what are you doing? Why are we looking at our phone? All right, now focus on the phone. And then you put your phone down and you go back to it and your attention percentage has dropped, basically. Yeah, and then it's just like, even subconsciously, you're just thinking, I don't know, you saw something on the phone and you're just thinking about what you saw. So you're not mm. f- that fully engaged into the thing. For example, now we're talking, I don't really feel a need or of doing anything, so I'm kind of like fully present in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sure. like like a different different thought while we're talking comes to my mind, so sometimes I kind of like just forget what I was about to say, but I'm still like focused on here. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you're just trying to remember the thought that whatever just popped into your mind. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what we were talking about earlier with the thing on your phone, like politics on your phone, say you are working on a paper that you need to get done for school. And then you look at your phone and some horrific thing is pops up on your phone that's oh, yeah, politically that's, motivated. That's, that's bad. Your brain is going to go, 
holy crap, like I just saw someone die or something like that. And your brain's going to be like, wow, this is intense. And then you're going to go back to writing a paper on, you know, like whatever you have to do for school. Like I'm going to go back to writing my research methods paper right after looking at that and just be fully present in the research methods paper. Good luck. Not happening. (laughs) Definitely not happening. Oh, so when we talk about horrific things, like let's switch it up a little bit. I think it's going to relate a little bit to what I was talking about before about media pushing agenda and different stuff. You've seen what happened in Ohio, right? The, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the thing that exploded? Or yeah. The, yeah. Why no one addressed it in the government? Bro, like, this is like a catastrophe. Like, this should be fucking... Headline like, a news. whole state, their water, their, their air is just contaminated now. And how come all the media are more worried about, like, transgender people, about people being fat, instead of the stuff that actually matters and endangers human life? I Honestly... Well, this is my favorite thing about Twitter. So, I, I love Twitter. I, 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 we pro- if not for Twitter, I probably wouldn't know about it. Yeah, exactly. Media this in general don't talk about it. This is what's great about legacy media, die- legacy media dying, and Twitter and Instagram and all these sort of things coming up because individuals can report. Like me and you can be news agents now. It doesn't. Yeah. You can't only get your news from NBC and watch it on the TV, and they have full control over all the spectrum of news that you get, all outlets. Yeah. Instead, like if you have Twitter, boom, you, you know anyone can report anything, and you decide the validity on it. It's open source news, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about it too. Like, it's so good that we have Twitter now. So if it wasn't for Twitter, we probably wouldn't find out about it. Also, another thing that happened recently is in, in Kissimmee. Kissimmee? I don't know, whatever it's pronounced. It's like next to Orlando. Mm-hmm. There was a factory of plastic and it also like fucking exploded or some shit. Have you heard of it? I haven't heard about that at exactly. all. Exactly. Because people don't talk about shit like that. Like stuff that actually really matters is happening, but media doesn't cover it because they're too busy pushing on different agenda. Yeah, because, I mean, the agenda that they push is what's getting people to watch it. If they report about the... I mean, honestly, I I don't know why they wouldn't report about that type of a catastrophe because that would get a lot of views. So that's kind of perplexing me. But most of the time that they push any media source, either side pushes that sort of a thing, it's to maintain views and avoid something else. You know, I mean, that's that's just bias in news. Yeah, I mean, there's always been bias, but like recently it's been... It's been, it has, it's they, gone they, wild. They're going to a different one the, level. One of the things that I like about the Daily Wire, I don't know if you know, if yeah, you follow yeah, the I know Daily it's Wire. from Ben Shapiro, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, there's like the Young Turks and the Daily Wire, and they're kind of the more, I guess, on either side, the more like grounded, I would say, less legacy media, like new media coming up. Yeah. They're, they're already pretty big, but like coming up, that's, if, you, if you're on the left, the Young Turks, and if you're on the right, the Daily Wire. And what I like about the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro is he'll be like, I'm not going to report on this because I don't agree with it. He'll just let you know up front. I'm like, yeah. Respect. That's what I like. Like, thank you for being that honest. I mean, at least he mentioned it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's not like he's not talking like about you, it. Or like he's aware that it's happening, but he just decides not to comment yeah, on it. Like, you know that he, you know, I mean you know exactly what you're getting into when you watch that sort of a media, which is awesome. Whereas you get the, the legacy medias like CNN for say, they're just trying to trick you the whole time. They're trying to trick you. There's no, on. they aren't like, Oh, we're openly on the, you know, I mean, they, everyone knows they're on the left, but they aren't openly like, Oh, we're not going to report on this thing because we're on the left. They aren't going to tell you that. Yeah. Whereas, whereas like in the daily wire, that's what they do all the time. They're saying, Oh, I, I'm, this is a right wing. Like you, 
they'll open by saying this is a right wing media source. You're going to get right wing information. If you want to get a left wing media source, go watch this website. They'll recommend you people on the left <laughs> to go watch, which is like imagine CNN or Fox doing that. Never a chance. Never a chance that Fox is like, go watch CNN or CNN's like, go watch Fox. Like never a thing. That's also a problem because like you, you're not able to get two sides of the coin and you just, you don't have the full information about stuff. Yeah. So people watch only one thing, but they don't really know about the other thing. So they, only this side, since they only see, let's say the right side, this is creates the reality, even though like reality is that there's the other side too, which is also very important. Mm-hmm. And if you only see the one thing, you only believe this thing and that's not reality. Yeah. That's the difference between ideology and religion. Religion tells you both the good and bad. Yeah. And then ideology just tells you the good or the bad. They don't tell you both sides. Yeah. So an ideology, will, that's why most, most isms is, I've best heard them described, you know, uh, conservatism, liberalism, feminism, isms are ideologies because they don't look at the other side. They don't care to look at the other side. Whereas religion's like, hey, this is bad. Don't do this. This is good. Do this. But you can, but both of them are happening at the same time. I think religion is more kind of like spiritual level rather than ideology is just like, okay, I think that way, but... And I'm not thinking another way. No, but I'm saying more like that religion is more about something higher than you. Mm-hmm. And I, ideology is just something, okay, I believe in that more like thought process mm-hmm. on the matter. For sure. But honestly, I've... I wish I was more spiritual. I feel like, I mean, I believe there's something like higher power or something. I don't know if it's God. Depends how you define God or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I feel like there's a higher power. Or there's something. The universe, whatever you want to call it. Some sort of flow. Yeah, I like, I like how to the call world it the universe too. Yeah. Some sort of like flow in how the world works. And I don't know. It's not really a place for words. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Honestly, the, you said it very well. Not a place for words. I think it's just like feeling. For sure. Kind of. It is exactly though, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know how to articulate that. It's too abstract. It's definitely well beyond what words can do. I think that's what art does a really good job of. Like really good art. Yeah. I think it kind of gets into that. Abstraction of things that you cannot describe. Mm-hmm. So how come, for example, you cannot articulate it, but you can paint it, let's say beyond me or like a good song good music good i it's absolutely beyond me i have no idea wow i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know either it's a you said it very well it's a very abstract topic it's just kind of hard to articulate stuff mm-hmm. i was watching two lex friedman podcasts with this um, islamic guy but he was just basically trying to explain how in islam what what is god how it works and like what they believe in and it's like, he he was articulate, articulating it well, but you know, it still sounds so abstract because it's just something that you kind of have to imagine because mm. you cannot see it. You have to just believe it. Yeah. I mean, that's what religions are. You don't see it. You just kind of believe that there is something that you never see. You just have to believe. Yeah. You do just have to believe for sure. Is there any religions that you support word choice but subscribe to more than the others <laughs> I mean listen like I'm technically Catholic because, just because I was like born in Poland I got baptized I got everything first communion whatever but I don't necessarily agree with the way the Catholic church works bro there's like so many of those fucking old ugly guys that are pedophiles and stuff yeah. and they just all it's kind of like a money laundering scheme too okay so 
I don't necessarily believe in the organization. If I was to believe, I would rather believe probably in like uh, the religion, like the spiritual part. That's mm-hmm. what I think probably here in States, what is done better when it comes to religion. Because here, like, you go to the church on the Sunday and it's kind of like very positive. You don't have to be this... Uh, the priest in this black, you know, uh, in this yeah. black dress, whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like all very positive and we're meeting there just to like believe in God. They don't fucking, all, yeah. I mean, they may be raising money, but for like some actual causes. And you also don't have to donate if you don't want to. Yeah, because like in Poland, let's say they walk around every every mass with those little baskets and you know you drop the money, but what the money goes to? Then you see fucking... Priests pulling up in like some Mercedeses to uh, to a hotel to a hotel with prostitutes. How does God feel about that? Huh? <laughs> yeah, my uncle is a is a priest in. Or I don't want to get the word wrong. I always got this wrong growing up. Is it pasture? Yeah, I mean, or is a pasture a place where you raise animals? Do you know which one? No, it is? I think pastor pastor is <laughs> like the. They, I think the pastor is also a guy that does the masses. I think here because okay. like. I I don't know exactly how it works, but I think in Poland you have to go to like an actual school to yeah. be a priest and then yeah. you become a priest. Pastor is I guess someone that kinda you don't you don't have to go for this. You can be a pastor just because I don't know, you're a good lecturer and you just wanna spread the the faith. Yeah. Let's say. I don't know. Okay, so he does that. And in the church, it's called the Heart of Steamboat. It has the Muslims go there. Islam has a has a practice there. Buddhism has a practice there, and Christianity has a practice there, all in the same church. And he organized that. Wait, but all of them are meeting at the same time, or is no, it just no, like no, one they, building they and they do all three things? They oh, do all okay. three things at different times, obviously. But I was when I heard that that my uncle was doing that, my thoughts were nice. Heck yeah, that's how most places should be. It's not that you know we don't we don't need to fight about it. Yeah, I mean, but I guess some religions just have the temples because this is like their sacred space, something like that. Whatever works, you know? All right, if you had $300 million handed to you right now, what are you doing with it? We're just fucking live life at this point. Just, I don't know, I mean... Would you change things that you do? Would you want to... What, what what are you doing? Would you would you keep a small lifestyle? Would you buy a big mansion? Would you travel across the world? Would it change what you do? Or would you keep doing, doing everything okay, that you're doing right now? I don't believe that if you get rich or whatever, or if suddenly you won the lottery, you just stop working. Because like... You would get bored after some time. Like, how much, how long can you do nothing, you know? So I would still probably just work on something. But since I will have the money, I wouldn't have to worry about the money aspect of anything that I do. I can just do it because I want to do it, you know? Yeah. Keep podcasting. So probably, yeah, I would probably just fucking keep doing the podcast. You just It would be just probably better quality. Yeah, I, I would say, be able to fly studio. out to places. So, yeah, I would probably just get a couple houses here and there <laughs> you know you never know what's gonna happen i think world war three is coming eventually okay what are you gonna do when world war three comes i know move out to like new zealand or some shit new zealand? <laughs> so, somewhere that is kind of far from everyone else okay i mean i like miami i'll probably get a house here i would get a house in wrocław in my city back in poland okay um Probably somewhere in Japan and New Zealand. So you know, if I don't feel if I don't feel the vibe, I just go somewhere else. Facts, dude. Just you know, take care of the family, so they don't have to work. And I mean, so they can do what they want without worrying about the money. True. 
I was thinking about it recently that, you know, materialistic things don't necessarily bring happiness because, okay, you get a nice car and so what? It's still just kind of the same. I mean, of course, I would want to get a car, but what's the point of having like 20 cars, you know? There's Unless you're no collecting point. them. There's no, what do you think about altruism? Do you know what that is? Yeah, just doing stuff without expecting anything in return, kind of. Yeah, yeah, just like... um Doing it because you just want to help, not yeah, because yeah. you expect something to get something back. Yeah, just doing things to help. Do you think people can be altruistic? I think they can, but I don't know. I, I would say like donating money to different causes and charities is not necessarily the best way to do it. I would probably focus more on like individual level and like local impact that I can do rather than, okay, I'm just going to give them the money and they figure it out. Because sure. I don't feel like, I don't, I mean, I've never done it, so it's kind of hard to tell, but I don't think it's the same feeling that you get as if you were making the impact yourself instead of just, okay, yeah, I just put the money, but I still haven't done any work, you know? Mm. What about you? Um, 300 mil to your bank account. Why right now? Probably get a nicer apartment. I think living space is very important just just for the peace of mind. Exactly. And, you know, if you have a nice view, that's also another benefit. Yeah, I want to go to the city side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful there. Next year I applied for city view because you get morning sun. Huh? You get morning oh, sun. Oh, yeah, bro. Morning sun is... I loved it. Required. In my apartment. Yeah. <sighs> so nice. Um, yeah, I'd probably do that. Give to my family. Make sure they're all good. And then have as much fun as I possibly could with an insane amount of money. Like, go up to people. If I had $300 million and I had everything all set for life, just give someone a million dollars on the spot just to see their reaction. Kind of like Mr. Beast thing. Yeah, but just because just that would be so much fun. <laughs> you can't tell me that wouldn't be the most, like... Dude, the amount of things that, or the amount of things that you can get, like dumb stuff, just that you can get people to do for a bunch of money is hilarious. It's insane. I would get people to do things that would be good for them, but also give them a lot of money. So if someone's afraid of heights, I'd be like, all right, you have to go skydiving and I'll give you, I'll give you a million dollars. Or if you're afraid of snakes, you have to sit in a pit of snakes and I'll give you a million dollars. I don't know about that, but maybe. I think <laughs> I mean, that, I think you that would have to be find so someone enjoyable. crazy enough to agree to that too. Yeah, I would do it. I feel like some people just wouldn't agree to do something with any amount of money just because they're just scared of shit. See, that's what I don't like. See, that's what I'm trying to get them to confront their fears. You got to do it. So last weekend I went swimming with sharks. Terrified. Terrified of sharks. Until I went swimming with them. Lemon sharks. Uh, well, like pretty big like sharks. You were cage? Mm. You were just like that? Mm -hmm. Snorkeling. Wow. And they would like come up and brush against you. It was so cool honestly i was terrified in the beginning i was like i'm about to get in the water with sharks it's like shark infested waters and then you jump in and you realize that they're just like any other animal like they just want to come check you out and see what's up see what you're doing but are those sharks like actually the kind of sharks that can just fucking bite your head off yeah if they bit my arm they would take my arm off for sure lemon sharks are big so why they didn't this was what we were told before we went in if you don't move your arms, so if you're just like, if you do that, they think that you're hurt if you splash. But if you just keep your arms still and close to you and your legs pretty still, they think that you're one of them. Isn't that crazy? Because sharks are pretty <laughs> blind, is, is what we were told. Sharks can't see very well. They see with the echolocation. Or... And I guess they also like the, like there's blood or anything, they smell it or mm -hmm. they just feel it. But yeah, so if you ever see a shark, don't move your arms around a lot. Keep them close to you and stay still. But they, they would actually just come up and fully brush against you, like rub into you. And I would be like, whoa, that's crazy. But it was, I went from being afraid of sharks, being absolutely terrified of sharks to being like, okay, if I saw a shark, my reaction would be totally different now. They yeah. are really just animals. I mean, I never swim with a shark, so I don't know. But I mean, there, you, there may be something, you know? What do you mean? I mean, just like 
I think you're probably right. You have a better experience than I do. You have more experience. I know I'm still just, I think it's just like subconscious too that, you know, you just in the back of your mind, okay, what if, what, they're not going to bet me, but what if they do? Well, yeah, you do that with everything. You get on a plane. It's okay. It's like you're more likely to die in a car accident than getting bitten by a shark, you know? Yeah, technically. But you know, question is if you want to take your chances or not. You can live your whole life saying, what if? What if I died of a heart attack right now? So it's like, that's what helps you get over those things. Voluntarily confronting them. It's so good for you. So that's what I would pay people a million dollars to do. Be like, all right, what's your biggest fear? You afraid of spiders? Let a tarantula crawl on you for 15 seconds and I'll give you a million dollars. You can't tell me you wouldn't consider it. If you were that afraid of spiders, you would definitely consider it. Probably. And the rush that you feel after and how good you feel after you confront your fears is like, it's amazing. It's sensational. Yeah. Okay, I when we were talking about it on Friday, the que- very good question that you apparently ask people is, what do you want to do with your life? Ooh, um. So what do you want to do with your life? If you, if, <laughs> if, 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 like in the ideal world, if you can do anything, what would you want to do? And not work is not an answer. Be, be as present as I possibly can in every moment. Okay, but so not live my life like, oh, I want to do this five years in the future. I live my life as in like I'm fully present in every moment so I can take as much opportunity as I can in every moment. And then that just compounds over time. Okay, I get it. So like the opposite of have a plan, basically. Okay. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but you still kind of have to do something, you know? Yeah. So if you could choose what you could do on a day to day basis, something that you're passionate about, what would it be? Hmm. Well, I like writing. I like making music. But I think that life kind of picks those things for you. Like, I don't try to have much of a routine. I don't like having, I mean, obviously like a morning routine, that yeah. sort of thing. But I don't like, you know, every day feeling the same. Some days I'll just go to campus and wander around with zero expectation of what's going to happen or why I'm going there and just see what happens. And I find that yeah. to be really good, really, really healthy. But you'll you'll understand if you read that book that I sent you. It's called The Surrender Experiment. And it's just life kind of picks all those things for you what calls to you is just, I don't know, life kind of picks it for you, which is nice. So like your interests, you don't choose, right? Your interests yeah. choose you, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah, let's see if you think about it. It's always kind of like you're exposed to something and you think, oh, wait, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it probably, I mean, you didn't choose to do it. It just happened to you. It gra- it just grabs your attention. Like it picks you. It intrigues you. Uh-huh. So like it's this not like tattoo. That's why I got it curiosity right yeah i mean i'm really intrigued it's supposed to mean but i'm really intrigued. you can interpret it or put it in words in different way but something along this this those lines yeah so i think that if you like if i walk around for a while and i'll see someone who's like oh this person seems interesting and just go talk to them and see if they're interesting yeah you tried that yeah you just okay so last weekend or two weekends ago i did the thing where i just walked around campus for a while and i was like oh I'll just play some piano because, I don't know, I like to play piano every once in a while. And then these two guys came up to me. One of them was named Marcus. And he was like, oh, you're pretty good at playing piano, even though I'm not that good at playing piano, I promise you. I've, <laughs> I only know how to play maybe two songs. Yeah. And then they were telling me about the music theater. And you can go to the music theater and rent or and play the piano for free. Just yeah. like a room. And I go there after there and they're both there. So I was like, oh, that's interesting that they're both here. I'm going to go talk to them. So I go to talk to him and it turns out that he runs a nonprofit called International Happiness. And he's like, I need so much help with this. Like, can you help me? And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll help you. Like, 
so random, so random life picked that event for me. I did not seek that out at all. No intention of any of that happening that night. And that's what happened. So what does international happiness do? What do you do? He just goes around and I mean, one of his, so the reason that he started it was because one of his friends was homeless in high school and he didn't know. And then he found out and he was like, wow, like that's terrible. Can I help you out? And then he just kind of continued it up from there in helping homeless people. Okay. That's a very noble cause. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and like this podcast, for example, I didn't expect this to happen at all. No intention of this happening at all. And then yeah. you asked well, me. you found out on Friday. <laughs> and then you asked me and they're like, you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, why not? It sounds interesting. So yeah, like podcasting and that sort of a thing is, I'm guessing it just more grabbed your attention. I mean, honestly, I started this because I just, I like listening to a podcast and podcast is just you having conversation with someone, but you're just recording it, you know, and I'm sitting here talking with people and just asking them questions that I'm just genuinely curious about. Exactly. I'm just trying to learn. I want to, I mean, I've, I'm very, just very about learning. I love to learn and I always try to learn something and even with my free time, because that just what like makes me feel good, you know? Mm. So that's why I started this, just to have an excuse to have conversation with people on camera, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's for selfish reasons, you know? <laughs> but I'm going to put it out and be, I know people can benefit from it if they listen to it. Because I'm generally also trying to ask good questions that people can get value from, that they can relate to the answer or to the story or to whatever, you know? So it's for selfish reasons, but for other people too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That seems about right. I mean, honestly, also, I always... I mean, I've always been like very into business. I mean, always, let's say for the past five, six years. And I've had so many ideas for different businesses, but you know, it's just like always, okay, this is not very viable. I don't know. I don't really like it that much. And then eventually you find something that you just very much enjoy and that you like and that you probably could do for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably one of those things, the podcast, because it doesn't require much. You just set up the studio like we have here, <laughs> turn on the mic and you're good to go. And you can do it with, dude, people are so interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, you just have like unlimited resources. You just find new people, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. There's so many random people that I've talked to that have such interesting life stories. And it's, dude, every person, I promise you, has, there's a word for it. I think it's called Sonder. And every person has a word, has a life that's equally as complex as your own, which is so awesome if you go to have a conversation with them because there's so many things that you can ask them about, especially yeah. like for you, because you're from Poland. I don't understand that at all. Totally different lifestyle. Yeah. So there's just so many things to talk to people about. You you have unlimited resources, essentially. I mean, even if unlimited resources, I'm saying like unlimited number of people, because there's like fucking 8 billion people, you're not going to interview 8 billion people. But even if you do like, let's say, I don't know, 1,000 yeah. You're going to have conversation with those people more than once. Yeah. And it's always probably going to be about something new. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, you're always going to go off in a different direction and on a, a different conversational topic. You'll never know what's going to yeah. happen, which There's is nice. The, just, just like very complex. You can talk about a million things. Yeah. Have you been coming up with any good questions that you just keep in the back of your mind to ask people? Yeah, I actually was thinking about it when I just went to New York. You travel places, right? Mm -hmm. And what's like the place that where you go there you just come back and you just feel so inspired or just you're you're in, you're there and you just you know you know this is like the place that just makes you keep thinking and inspired to do whatever you do you know that you're in the right place and this place just like kind of assures you in that that's a good question because for me personally it's just new york yeah i was there and just I'm walking around, I'm looking and like, there's just so many people. What, what are they all doing here? Like what they do, <laughs> what they do, 
uh, as a job like where do they live what's their story how they got here it just i think it's just so interesting you know yeah i've never thought about that at all where did i go and i felt the most inspired when i came back not not necessarily even when you came back but even if, well, if you're there. there yeah i feel like everywhere i mean i don't know about fit in i kind of try to find a way i don't know so everywhere that i've traveled in my life i've always liked looking at how people live like Spain versus Morocco versus the Dominican Republic, Mexico, like all those places. Yeah. Like I always like to look at how people live. I, my interest in psychology was also related to looking at what seems to be the best way to live your life. You think there's a best way to live your life? No, I think that that's the irony of the question is there's not, I mean, obviously it's a very personal question. It's very subjective, yeah. but you know, like doing heroin is probably not going to be as good as, you know, like being sober. In the long I mean, term. some people could disagree. Yeah, fair enough. They they can disagree. That's but. Why I think it's probably very subjective, you know. Like, but I think that that's why there's people like the Buddha, the Buddha and Jesus who are so admired because they figured out a way to live life that is the most fulfilling. It didn't seem like that there were holes in them. You know, people always say like, "Oh, I'm filling a hole with you know drugs or whatever this sort of a thing, sex, money, the pursuit of all those things." Yeah, I mean, that's like another thing because people just have traumas or just subconscious, subconsciously their mind is just not strong enough. But feeling fulfilled can have can come in many different forms, shapes and forms, you know, For sure. because what could be fulfilling for you may not be fulfilling for me. But that, that's I'm I about guarantee. So you I, guess, I guess I guess it's kind of like exploring your own way of what's exactly. the most fulfilling for you. Exactly. And you don't know when you're born, you still you always probably explore it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. That's kind of the hero story, I guess, in a way. I mean, you're your own hero. You make exactly. your own hero That's story. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I was always trying to see, like, wh what is this person doing that makes them so happy? Or why why do they seem so much more fulfilled than this other person? Or Yeah. And a lot of that re I've realized related to, like, you know, childhood traumas or, you know, what they're doing with their job or their pursuit of their life, what gives them dopamine, all that sort of a stuff. Um, it's a very complex question and it's one that I think every single person in the world should go on that journey to figure out. Figure out what they like or what feels fulfilling to what them? What feels fulfilling. That, I mean, deeply fulfilling, not not drugs, not, yeah, yeah. not shallowly fulfilling. What about the place? You haven't answered the question. I think it's everywhere, honestly, that I've been. I've never felt but like there, I went somewhere. There has somewhere to be a spot where you just felt... The, 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 was I mean, it was like home, a spark something. Home was the, probably the most common place. Outside of home. I mean, Steamboat is pretty beautiful. Steamboat? Steamboat Springs, yeah. Oh, that's where you live? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a ski town, Um, but it's the nature. I guess nature would be the best answer. I've always felt most at peace in nature. Where have you seen the most beautiful nature? Colorado. I mean, I guess it could be your home, but w what I'm thinking more about is just like place that is not your home. So, you know, you don't know it that well, but there's just something that really, really intrigues you. Miami's intriguing to me. So many different yes. cultures, so many different people. Definitely different than Steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different than Steamboat, but yeah, Miami is pretty intriguing. That's I guess that's why I came here. Where I guess I feel the most curiosity. It, it's yeah. it's definitely in nature for sure. I like I like going to climb mountains and stuff like that. Okay, but let's say outside of Colorado, outside of Steamboat, you go somewhere in nature. Dude, Colorado is such amazing nature. I've never been anywhere else in the world that has more amazing nature, I think, than Colorado. Like, if I think you if just I have was to probably from... go somewhere else to see. Maybe you just haven't been to a place like that. But I'm sure, like, Colorado, from what I've seen on, I don't know, movies, videos, pictures, it looks very Yeah, beautiful. I mean, 
all the places that I've been, even if I was not from Colorado and I traveled there, I think people would still think it's the most beautiful, scenic nature place in the world. Okay. I mean, makes sense. But I want to go to Colorado in May. You know South Park, right? <laughs> they uh, one of the episodes is called Casa Bonita, where there's this like restaurant or like a resort, whatever. And basically, it was just in the I, I don't know. I think it could have existed before, but then it closed down. And now the owners of South Park of the show bought this place, and they like opening it yeah, back on yeah. in May. So I want to go. Do it, dude. You want to come? Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much, Hunter, for talking. Thank yeah, you for your time. Hope you enjoyed it. We're definitely going to do it again. Heck yeah, it was fun, dude. Great. Yeah. It was a good conversation. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best place? Uh, my Twitter, Hunter Eswine, spelled last name spelled E-S-S-W-E-I-N. And then my Instagram is Hunter.Eswine, spelled the same way. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, like, subscribe.